Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This day has been long in the making, long in the waiting, long in the coming because I've waited forever to get this person online. Too busy jet setting, too busy building communities, too busy uplifting people's lives, uplifting their self esteem, reaforming so many people. Ladies of the world, today's world, the street of Dream Girl Movement's founder, Miss Rachel Wilson. People, can we give her a little bit of love? Please be so kind. Thank you so much. People, let me give a little background here. Straight coming from her group, CEO and founder of the Dream Girl Movement. This is coming straight from her website, sharing the stories of transformation, hope, and empowerment. The Dream Girl Movement connects women and girls to resources, opportunities, and life-changing experiences. DGM helps organizations, businesses, and individuals build their brand and re- increase awareness around their projects and shares resources, experiences with various audiences. People, listen. We don't want to take too much of your time because she's going from one place to another, A to B, and then C to D, and then off to some other plant to raise some other civilization. Miss Wilson, how are you today? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Now, you're currently in the United States. You're in Europe. Where are you located right now? Uh, yeah, I'm in L.A. I'm in L.A. Okay. All right, people, we'll talk to her now in L.A. Tomorrow she'll probably be in the Gambia someplace like that. Miss Wilson, Miss Wilson, Miss Wilson, we want to talk about your Dream Girl movement. I know we've talked about it briefly before, and I gave a brief introduction. So could you elaborate more for the people what it's about, how it came to be, how it started, where you want to take it? Talk to us, my friend. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, you know, Dream Girl movement started from a vision that I had. Uh, as Miss Black North Carolina in 2007, and, um, you know, as I was traveling around speaking to different communities and different women's groups and girls' groups, I realized that there are a lot of women and girls who actually know what it is that they want to do. People do know their dreams, but a lot of times they don't have the resources 
to help them to go to the next level. So Dream Girl Movement was really birthed out of a passion to connect women and girls to those resources and provide them with opportunities to fulfill their dreams. Uh, now, I want to read something to you that you mentioned back in 07 when uh, Miss Black, North Carolina, U.S. pageant, and you made this quote, and I want to know if this, I believe this elaborates and expands more because I've been getting a lot of questions and I knew I was going to speak with you. And there are a lot of people, I have about 15 questions here, so I'm going to try to get them all in. But you made this quote here that says, um, that's what Dream Girl Movement is all about. It's about connecting women and girls to higher levels of access to opportunities that can change their lives and ultimately transform the communities. You mentioned that in reference to the pageant, Open Opportunities for You. Is that how you're seeing Dream Girl Movement? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, when I started – I didn't, I'm not a pageant girl. That's not my thing. I mean, you know, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. knock them. I think they're great opportunities, but it just it wasn't really my thing. But I saw um, that it was a scholarship pageant. It was really based off of not, not just beauty, but women who are in the community and really committing to developing those communities through scholarship, through education. So once I got afforded the opportunity, and I actually won, which was kind of crazy to me, um, and the opportunity oh, yeah? afforded me the opportunity to travel to uh, to West Africa for the very first time. So, um, and in that, I realized that everything that I had desired to do in my life around women's empowerment, around building community, around um, positive ways to brand and market, I one single opportunity for me to get on that stage uh, in Gambia, West Africa. So I wanted to create an opportunity or various opportunities for other women to be able to um to have that moment where they realize this is what I've been called to do. Ah, it opened the doors to West Africa. Let's travel abroad for a little while, then come back to the States. How was the experience going to West Africa, to Gambia? How was that for you? It was amazing. I mean, Gambia is home for me, and, um, you know, I'll never forget the first time that I landed there. You know, I could feel the drum. I hadn't even stepped off the plane, and I could feel the drum uh, underneath Mm. my my feet, literally. And, Mm. um, you know, we were just so welcomed uh, by everyone in the country. It was just such an amazing experience, and they became family. So I committed, along with uh, about 36 other women, to find Mm -hmm. ways to help this developing nation to really reach its full potential. And so we've done a lot of work in building libraries and um, supplying uh, medical supplies to maternity wards and doing Mm. research on mental health and all of these kinds of uh, things that could really help to push the Gambia forward. But it also opened up other doors for me to travel to many other countries on the continent of Africa. So it was just a wonderful experience. And those countries being being where? I've traveled to Senegal, Guinea-Bissau, Nigeria, Mm. um, South Africa, Kenya, uh, Morocco, Egypt. Um, And I'm I'm adding Mm. more to the list hopefully soon. So. (laughs) Uh, Congo, don't forget Congo one of these days, you know, my homeland. We have a, you know, Indeed. place for you to stay if you want to come to Kinshasa while I was born. We, 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 we'll be waiting for you. We'll take care of you. You know that. Indeed, you I, love the, I love you, it. You went to the continent. Were there any, a lot of people have a preconceived notion about the continent, but fortunately you've been, you, you were there, you're among the people, you said it's home to you. Were there any ideas that you thought uh, that you had of the continent before you went there or was kind of like, you know, it's an opportunity, I'm going with an open mind, I'm just going, how was that for you? Um, you know, I think I, fortunately for me, I grew up in a family that was very much uh, committed to making sure that my awareness of other places and other environments and countries was 
pretty heightened. So I didn't I, I didn't go there thinking a particular thing. I knew that it would be a different experience, um, and I knew that I had to go. But I, there wasn't like a preconceived notion about oh, do people you know like what is it just full of animals or you know some of these silly right. things that people think you know when it comes right, to Africa. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm grateful that you know that I I kind of was blessed to know that there's so much to the continent because it is the largest continent and there's so many different cultures and subcultures and subcultures within those cultures you know it's just so much mm. to the people there um so yeah when I when I got there I was just really open to like whatever my experience was going to be now I will say that when I started to travel to different parts and different um I guess coordinates of the continent I right I began to understand that there were differences um, in the regions. Of course, naturally, you would think that just like it is in any place that you travel, but I didn't realize how different they could be. So I think that that might have been a a shock value after my initial trip to West Africa, then traveling to South Africa, then traveling to East Africa and seeing how different it was from Northern Africa. So that was interesting. Anything that stands out among the West side, South side, and North side? Anything distinct that comes to mind? The food, the language, the culture, just the flow? Yeah, I think all of it. I think the I think every single part of the culture, the language, the the food, um, yeah, the 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 clothing, everything, the music is it's and it's so beautiful because um there's so much to embrace and there's some and, and I love culture. So I enjoyed my experiences in all areas. Uh I think mm-hmm. West African food might have to be my favorite. <laughs> Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yes, it's very flavorful. I don't know if I can say the same about other places, and maybe that's just my personal experience. But I love West mm-hmm. African food, so um, yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoy my time. I love the music in West Africa as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So here comes here comes a hypothetical for you. Uh, you go home. There's an envelope on your desk. It says first class one way ticket to the continent. What is the destination? Ah, first class one way ticket. Well, um I think it would have to be uh Tanzania. Tanzania, Habari. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, what is it about Tanzania? Tanzania? Um, well the Masamara I definitely wanna go on safari, um, and then I wanna be able to travel, um, within within that country and then maybe head over to Seychelles, um <laughs> And explore that as well. Um, so yeah, I, I just I, I haven't really explored a lot of the eastern side of the continent, and would love to, to right. do that. Now, people, let's come let's come back stateside here. Recently, you had this great event. Obviously, I wasn't able to attend because it's very specific for the audience. It was uh, the LA edition of Desserts and Skirts. It was a it's known as an afternoon of conversation, networking, styling sessions, boutique giveaways, and desserts. Could you uh, present that, explain it to the audience, what that event was about? Yeah, so desserts and skirts actually started in my living room five years ago. Um, mm. It was a cold night in Cleveland, Ohio, and I love to entertain. I love to host. And, you know, it, because it's Cleveland, there I mean, nine months out of the year, it's cold, um, and then, like, <laughs> five months out of the year, snowing so I wanted to get people out and um I invited uh some girlfriends over I said hey come over for some desserts and skirts you know wear something cute and I'll bake and Mm. we'll have wine and it'll be nice um but what I didn't realize what would ensue would be a really empowered evening 
um, of women uh, sitting in a circle in my living room having conversations uh, about uh, what their dreams were and what their passion is and, like, sort of like some of the obstacles or the challenges that they're facing currently to get to that next step. And then there were other mm-hmm. women in the room who said, oh, I have a resource that I can I can share with you. Um, mm-hmm. And they, you know, so they started to kind of like organically begin to share conversation and resources. And I said, wow, this is really amazing. Um, so word mm-hmm. got out. It was like, oh, so you had this beautiful event at your home. Like, can we make this public? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a, a six months later, I ended up making it a public event and, um, the same level of energy happened, so I, you know, Desserts and Skirts became one of the three experiences that a Dream Girl Movement uh, facilitates, and I'm really excited. The LA edition, edition was no different. It was so empowering, so wonderful, mm-hmm. and I think specifically mm-hmm. for this LA market, um, because you get that LA is very superfluous and very superficial, and women don't talk to each other, and they're catty, there's a lot of competition, but there, it was quite the, quite the opposite, you know, it was very quite the contrary, and I'm so grateful that there's some skirts to provide that environment for uh, LA. Nice, nice. You said it was one of three. What are the other two? Yes, yeah, so uh, we host a Dream Girl Conference, which is what really uh, started the Dream Girl movement. Before there was an actual movement, there was just a Dream Girl Conference um, where I, you know, launched it and uh, connected girls to mentors, and we did we did uh, various programs and activities throughout the year, the course of the year after the conference, um, and mm-hmm. even connected with uh, parents. So it was a really great opportunity to um, kind of see this vision for girls come into fruition. So we continue the conference. And then we have DG Prep, which is an opportunity to expand the, the one-day life-changing experience of the conference into a six-week curriculum uh, for girls mm. uh, grades 8 through 12. And so um, DG Prep is something that we're looking to uh, train other people on and license it out. Um, so that we can mm. have it in multiple communities all over the world. And you know there's only 24 hours in a day, correct? Correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you I, make it work yeah. somehow. You make it work somehow. People, we are here with Miss Rachel C. Wilson, the creative mind behind Dream Girl Movement and so many other things. And, again, we're so blessed to have her today. It, it was just, it's just it, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in divine connections, divine intervention. And just how we came to meet is a story in itself. We'll probably elaborate on part two. During our, our research, Ms. Wilson, there was something you talked about on one of your pages in reference to Hope Chronicles movement. Is that something you can speak on? Yeah, so the Hope Chronicles. So um, in, I believe it was 2012, I actually uh, took some time off to travel to uh, to Nairobi, Kenya, where I actually moved. So I, I packed up everything and I moved to Nairobi to work for a budding organization as a director of communications doing storytelling projects. And uh, Dream Girl Movement was still being run by uh, some of my colleagues here in the States, but it was um, not in full force. So um, we, what, what, what I did was when I got back, I wanted to kind of reintroduce the brand of Dream Girl Movement, and uh, the whole Chronicles was an opportunity to do that. Uh, it, I had a very interesting uh, life experience in Kenya, and it prompted me to really focus on the resiliency of women and girls um, in, in all areas of the world, uh, but 
I wanted to reach out to women who I've known to have lost everything and been able to really rebuild their lives in a positive way or women who have decided to courageously step out of corporate America to move into a more creative field or, uh, you know, women who become mothers and now are doing uh, different types of work. So it was just an opportunity to really identify women who uh, have used their challenges and big life turnaround moments to prompt them into levels of purpose and and share their stories of hope. So that's what the Hope Chronicles were, were really all about. Mm, mm, mm. It's, it's, I hear uh, I hear you refer to brand and hope and empowerment there. Um, we know, I believe, we have an idea what the uh, what what you want your participants to take from your events and from your programs and your your travel your experience. What do you what? How does it feed you? Um, you know what, like, I, I consider myself, uh, this may sound, um, I don't know, interesting, I don't know how it'll sound, but I consider my, myself to be a midwife. Um, like, I believe that my calling is really to uh, equip other people, uh, particularly other women, with helping them to birth their dreams. You know, like, I'm very big on strategy. You know, I did my master's work in community and social development, so I'm all about um how do we create a vision? How do we now strategize to see the vision come into execution? And how do we evaluate to make sure that our vision is really uh, hitting the targets that we want it to hit? And in doing so, I get so many people who come to me and say, uh, I have this vision, I want to do this, but I don't know where I start. And that's really my passion, it's my gifting, it's my calling to help people to start and to follow through and to finish well and to really help to birth their dreams. So. Um, the satisfaction that I get is knowing that someone was courageous enough to take the next step, and now they're able to really fully live in their potential because of, of a piece of wisdom that I was able to share from my own personal experience or um, even mm-hmm. from my educational background or whatever. You know, everybody doesn't have the opportunity to go to graduate school. Everyone doesn't have the opportunity to get on a plane and fly to West Africa, but everyone can have an opportunity to connect with someone who can utilize and, and translate those experiences of their own into something that can help them to build something viable for themselves. When you're when you're in for office, you know, don't forget us people. People, I'll be voting for her, Miss <laughs> Wilson. I don't know, state governor, what have you. Question for you: You said there was an experience in Kenya. Is that something you'd like to share, or maybe part two at another time? But the experience was profound for you. That just it just brought that you that just happened. Yeah, I, you know, and I and maybe it is a part two where we can go into detail. Uh, or this is well, a, a potentially a, a plug for uh, my memoir that uh, hopefully will be coming out sooner than later uh, from these pages. But <laughs> um, it is it was an experience that helped me to realize the importance of being um, true to your story and uh, uh, the commitment that you have to being true. Mm-hmm other people's stories as well. Right. Uh, so, it, you know, I wanted to, you know, it was like I, I was able to kind of utilize my professional background and I wanted to expand my creative experiences. And in that, I was able to realize, like, that there's a delicate balance between the two and it really helped to kind of shape the, the next level of my career uh, development and movement. So. Speaking of your movement, uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout-out to your sorority, and that sorority is whom, Miss Wilson? Uh, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, yes. 
Anybody, anybody want to give a shout-out to? This is your time. You're, you're our guest. Who would you like to give a shout-out to, if anybody? Well, really, uh, to all of my scorers. I mean, we're doing amazing work. I want to shout-out my, my line, uh, 2005, spring of 2005, I crossed uh, 67 beautiful women. And so I'm so excited that we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. I attended North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. Uh, in Greensboro, mm. North Carolina, Aggie Pride. So I want to shout out all the Aggies uh, doing amazing work, uh, carrying the legacy so well. So, um, mm. yeah, I'm grateful. I'm part, grateful to be a part of the family. And I believe the new Attorney General, U.S. Attorney General, Ms. Loretta Lynch, is one of your thoroughs. Is that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. We're so proud. All There's right. so many of us doing great work in community. Absolutely. I, I have to give a shout out to my older brothers out there because all my Iota Five State Fraternity Brothers Incorporated will remember back at the MIT party who gave us the biggest shout out was the Deltas. So much love to all our Deltas out there. Hello, hello, hello. Much love, much love. The one thing about the Deltas and all the sororities and fraternities is that we're really big on community. And it seems that DST, Delta, your, your sorority, it seems to go hand in hand with Dream Girl movement. Is that is that fair yeah. thing to say in reference to the community and uplifting and what have you? Uh yeah. I mean, you know, Delta stands on a very strong, long historic legacy of empowering women, especially through voters' rights and uh, you know, we were the the headliners in the suffrage movement and, you know, we are really about the arts as well and the importance of that and you know, building community service and scholarship, and I, I think that they are very parallel. Um, I like to think that Dream Girl Movement offers offers um, uh, a different approach, I think, mm-hmm. to, uh, not necessarily separate from Delta, and I don't like to compare them because they're not comparable okay. um, in that way. Of I have a lot of respect right. for my sorority and the work that we do, but I do think that Dream Girl Movement um, – has a different strategy and a different market in in some ways. So yeah. It seems no matter it seems no matter where you are, you're involved with 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 an entity that's involved with the community. And I that I definitely have to give you much. I have much love for you anyways. I have to give you the next level of much love because it seems to be so lacking. To, not lacking. I think though the reason I like word in the street is because people of you. It's people like yourself. Because I always feel like that people need to know what great work you're doing, the organizations you're working with are doing, the collaborations you're doing. And I just feel that it's inspiring the people who listen to your story of saying, wait a minute, she's about the brand, about empowering. So I have to give you a much, 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 much love and appreciate and thank you just for taking the time to speak with us because, again, I don't know how you do what you do. People, when I talk to her, she's somewhere with some, you know, meeting some individual, some executive, some pl- I remember vividly, Ms. Wilson, just standing talking to you, your mind was off planning some event that was coming. I don't know what it was, but I knew it was planning something. So you, you have, I have much applause for you, much applause for you. Uh, people, we're going to take, well, before we break out of here, if you all have any questions out there, you can reach into her at 646-595-2892, 646-595-2892. In this day of social media, people, she's on Twitter and Instagram. Would you like to give your Twitter and your Instagram um, a, a, a address, please? Yeah, I'm at Miss, M-S, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-D, Miss Rachel D, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. All right, people, we're going to take a quick 30-second break here, give a little sound and music as we actually make about 15 minutes because every second with Ms. Wilson is very valuable. So we may come back and she may be on Air Force One hanging out with, with First Lady Michelle Obama. I'm telling you, that's how she moves. So, people, let's take a little bit of music here and uh, have a little fun.
got to keep it light. I keep it light because it might, we might be throwing a little party here if I go on with too much of the music. I love my music, so thank you for your patience. Now, a question for you. You said something earlier, and I believe I've seen this somewhere in an interview that you had given reference to an event you were planning. Today, in reference to the images facing women today women, uh, and children today in, in society, uh, could you speak more on that, reference to... Uh, they, do you feel like they're under assault from what they're seeing in media, television, music? Uh, what's your take on that? Well, I think that women have been under assault since the beginning of time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I am a believer, and so even through biblical reference, uh, Eve has been under attack uh, for, you know, since time began. And I think that uh, there's something to say about that. I think that women carry so much power. Uh, in community, and sometimes it's not in the limelight. Oftentimes it's not in the limelight, but we are the nurturers of community. We are the, the uh, we give birth to society. You know, mm-hmm. we carry mm-hmm. um, generations in our womb, and I think that, uh, unfortunately, because there are so many, there are so many attacks against women and girls that, that there's a misconception about the value of women. Um, and in uh, you know, I, my goal is to really, you know, I think the the whole purpose of Dream Girl Movement and, and just my passion in general is to open up doors of access and opportunity where these women feel safe and these girls feel protected so that they can get, really shine their light and their passion because we, we, we contribute so much to society and in communities. And I think that, you know, governments are starting to realize that. I think that there are so many powerful movements going on. You have CARE. You have uh, what the United Nations is doing for women and girls all across the world. And, you know, all of these other entities are coming to realize that the only way for communities to be sustainable is to protect Mm. and to, uh, to empower and uplift women and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I stand in full agreement and in full support with these movements, not because women are superior, but because we we carry so much value in our community, um, and it it can be proved, you know, in so many different ways, you know, economically and and um, in other ways. So I, you know, I stand with all of those movements. Now, briefly, I remember you mentioned earlier, people when they'll see when they think of Dream Girl movement, they'll think, oh, Dream Girl, like maybe musical. But there's actually a meaning behind the name Dream Girl. Could you uh, share with the audience? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I, when I when I went to speak to a, a group of young girls at uh, a boys and girls club in Cleveland, I um I actually just it was like I heard this voice because it was almost like they were telling me all of their dreams, but they had so many questions, and it was almost like I heard a command. It was like, dream, girl, move. You know what I mean? Like, th- there's no more time to waste. Don't sit there on your dream, on your passion, on your gifting, on your calling, but move. Like, take action. And once you do that, um, everything that you need will will attract itself to you. Um, it's not going to always be easy, but it will always be worth it. And um, and so dream, girl, movement, you know, uh, you can even see it in our phonetic phonetic spelling of it is dream girl move like that is Mm -hmm. what we really believe in Mm -hmm. and expanding or extending from that you have brought up the word you have brought a calling and i know the challenge for a lot of people a lot of us a lot of my friends even myself i had i knew very early what i wanted to get into you talked about calling is there any advice or anything you'd like to share to our listeners because we have a lot of listeners i don't want to tell you have you off the road or anything like that but 
is there anything, any advice you'd share with, with someone or just in general in reference to how someone can find their calling, stumble upon their calling, or even know their calling? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, the, it's the thing that is effortless to you. Um, the thing that you, you, you think about first thing in the morning and the last thing that you think about at night, it's, it's what, it's what drives you to, uh, to ask questions. You know, it's, it's, it's the thing that really just speaks to you in ways that nothing else can. You know, like when I, when I facilitate one of these life-changing experiences, there is this, this level of, I don't know, satisfaction or fulfillment that I get that I can't express. I can't, I don't know how to tell you what it feels like because Mm -hmm. it's just this euphoric feeling of knowing that I've done exactly what I was created to do, you know. And sometimes you have to go through the things that you're not created to do in order to find the things that you are created to do. Um, and I'm all about learning experiences. Nothing is a failure. Nothing is ever done in, for naught. Nothing ever just happens. But everything is to, to guide and lead you to that that thing that you're called to do. And it mm. may be multiple things, but there's a there's a common thread that ties everything together. Um, I will say this, uh, and nobody's paying me to say it, but I like to share things that I read and. <laughs> One of the books that I think is so brilliant in helping people to understand the journey of finding purpose is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And I've read it, uh, I don't know how many times, I've purchased it so many times to give it out to other people. And I I think that's a great way for people, no matter what you believe in, um, to really uh, read a story of someone taking the journey to their dream um, or, or a journey to something that they see and they don't even know what to call it, but they, they keep seeing it. So, um, yeah, I think that's the way. Mm. There was, there was, a, there was a, a, a show, one of my earlier shows, we, I did something um, in reference to motivate. I can't remember, it was, it was empowering people, like a three-part segment. And I was playing some segments from uh, Oprah's show and where she had T.D. Jakes on there. And there was a statement, mm-hmm. and I'd like to know your thoughts on this. It, it came to mind the minute you started uh, building the foundation of what you were elaborating on just now. He, he, uh, Oprah asked, I don't have the clip here, but I'll paraphrase. Oprah asked uh, uh, T.D. Jakes to talk about his experience with the speaker. So the audience had this weird look of, like, speaker, like, okay, we're about to hear some testimony. Like, what's going on? She so says, no problem. And he was talking about how he went to a place, his feet were hurting and things like that. Um, so he found a speaker to sit on. He was comfortable. His, he was off his feet. His feet was getting better, and he was getting more relaxed. But he said the speaker wasn't designed to be used as a chair as he was using it. It was designed to be a speaker. And he feels that most people are living their life doing things they're not designed to do, but they're only doing it because other people see that they're good at that. Um, how, would that tie into something that what you had just mentioned in reference to calling? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, as I mentioned before, like in my former life, if you will, I, you know, I, I went to school and did my, my work in marketing, consumer behavior, sociology, and then I did graduate work in community and social development, which is definitely my passion. But I think at the expense of wanting to please people in my family to continue the tradition of education in my family, that I neglected uh, the creative side of myself and the storytelling part of myself, which I've always been connected to, which is really um, what Dream Girl Movement is. It's about sharing stories that empower, you know, and connect women. Um, and, and, you know, all of the other things that I do in producing and writing and, and everything. And it wasn't until I went to Kenya that I realized that 
I was pretty much living most of my life uh, in an area where I felt limited because I felt like that that's where I should be because everyone thought that that's where I should be, as opposed to knowing that there was so much more to myself um, than being tricked to. Uh, so I definitely think that, you know, you may be doing something that you're not – Maybe you are designed to do it, and maybe it is something that you're good at, but is that what you were if, where you were brought here to do? You know what I mean? You can be good at something, mm-hmm. but not necessarily called to something. Now, people, again, this, see, people, and we only have her for, like, about another eight minutes. Imagine talking to her. She can go deep like the ocean. I'm telling you, people, trust me. Um, uh, your website, I believe we have it, uh, dgmovement.org. Do I have that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yep, dgmovement.org. Mm-hmm. People, you need to go over there, see what she's doing. Uh, if you have a chance, take a look at the photos because one thing I noticed that the photos from your event, the the looks of revelation and appreciation in the young ladies who are at your event, it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Could you speak on that? I'm not there. I've only seen a photo. But what's it like being in one of your events in the room where you see the young ladies there and they're, 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 they're finding themselves, they're hearing the words? How's that? How was that experience? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just – you know what, sometimes it's, it's like I have to kind of just take it all in myself. I'm, I'm really, I'm grateful uh, is always the word that I hear and come up with because that is, that's it. I'm, I'm truly grateful and humble to be able to be used as a vessel. You know, like these are things that I'm passionate about, but it's a vision that was bestowed upon me, and I'm just a steward of the vision. And so I'm grateful every time I can see a young lady come into a, a new revelation of who she is and her identity and her power. And uh, Or when I hear um, a young woman, you know, like who just moved to Los Angeles and left, uh, you know, a career to pursue her passion and her interest in storytelling as an actor or, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm just so grateful to be able to, to watch those layers kind of peel off and right in, right before my eyes, and it's it's really a humbling moment for me. When people, in reference to uh, uh, one of your friends, one of your colleagues, who would leave and just come to L.A. to pursue a different path or what have you, what role do you feel fear plays in somebody or a lot of people not taking that step to where they where they where they know they need to be? How does fear play into that? Oh, fear. I mean, fear is... <laughs> That is the essential thing that stops people from moving forward in purpose. And I, I know fear all too well. And, you know, there are moments. And I think that, you know, there, there are times where you get to, to a place where it doesn't have as tight of a grip on you. But I think that fear will always be present. But it's not about the fear that's present. It's about your perspective and how you choose to, to face fear. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think fearlessness is not about the absence of fear, but more so about the courage and the audacity and the boldness to conquer fear, you know, um, mm-hmm. in spite of its presence in front of you. So I, I really encourage, you know, people who are thinking about the next step and they know that this is what they're supposed to do to not allow fear to stop you and to hinder you from moving forward because fear will mm-hmm. always be there. It's just really about mm-hmm. changing your perspective on how you conquer fear. Mm. As a believer, and we're both believers here, how does you know how how does your faith sustain you through all that you do? Oh, it's the only thing that sustains me. You know, um, there, there, without without it, I would not be able to be the risk taker that I am. To I, you know, I'd be somewhere miserable, uh, living a life that does not live up to the potential that God has blessed me with. You know, as a, if if you are a believer, your whole life is a walk of faith. 
everything that you do mm-hmm. is a walk of faith. When you when you open your eyes in the morning, you have faith that your body will move out of the bed. You have faith that you know you'll get to your your job safely. Like you have faith that when you open up the refrigerator, there will be something to eat, and if there's not, that it'll be provided for you. I mean, like everything is a faith walk, or every step is a part of your faith walk uh, as a believer. So. I've, I've I've taken some very risky moves in my career <laughs> in my life, and uh-huh. um, without faith, I would not be able to justify them. You know, so that's the only mm. thing that keeps me going, um, and the only thing that seemingly would make me look sane is the fact that I have faith. Now, if I was making these moves and I didn't believe in anything or I didn't have faith, then you could just call me crazy. But you know, I just. I know that faith is what keeps me going, and I and I know that faith is what's going to bring God the glory when He reveals my story in full, whenever that might be. <laughs> so. Ah, well, it comes to your story, so here it is, and I think you know the question is coming: Who plays you in the movie uh, on Will- the, the the life of Wilson? Who plays you? Who plays you? You know, I have no idea. I have no idea who plays me. <laughs> you know, a passionate, a young, passionate storyteller, someone who connects with with whatever uh, journey I've lived, you know, um, that's who plays me. And maybe she's born, maybe she's not, you know, who knows. But it's it's someone who, who feels like that's their calling. You know, I have friends who say, oh, I was destined to play Diana Ross or I was destined to play Lena Horne or, you know, and I, uh-huh. and I, and I pray that one day God can use me uh, in my story, if where someone would say, you know, I was destined to play Rachel D. Wilson, you know, I I don't know. So, ah. Um, yeah. Oh. Amen. All right. All right. About to get the collection plate because she's she's going to the gospel, people. She's going to the gospel, people. We have about oh, approximately six minutes left. Let's take a quick little thirty second break here, and then we come back talking to Dream Girl Movement's founder, creative creative director. The everything of everything, but she's everything to so many, and so many people are everything to her. Miss Rachel Wilson here. Take a quick break here, people, for about 30 seconds. People, people, I have to hold it back because, again, it'll be Club Saeed, and this is actually Rachel's moment, so I can't take that spotlight from her. So, Ms. Wilson, anything you'd like to share with the people? Actually, I have a question for you, hypothetically, mm-hmm. but it's actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to speak into existence. So right now we're talking, you see another phone call comes in, and it's somebody that wants you to bring Dream Girl Movement to where they are. They want you to do either their facility, their country, or what have you. Who's the person calling? I don't know, some uh, Oprah Winfrey representative or Oprah herself calling me to say she wants me to bring Dream Girl Movement to her school in South Africa. When you in South Africa, did you get a chance to visit the school? I did not. I did not have the opportunity, but I definitely uh, would love to connect with that school. So what, what, other, what events do you have coming up? What would you like to promote, give a shout, let people know about? What, what do you have coming up? 
Well, you know, I'm I'm currently working on quite a few production projects that hopefully will mm-hmm. be launched in the fall. So, you know, people can just follow me on Instagram and Twitter. That's where they'll get all the information about what I'm doing and what I'm working on next and how they can get plugged in. People of the world, we, our time is up. I think she has the Learjet waiting for her at the airport. I'm going to try to run down there, probably hang on to the tire like Mission Impossible or something like that. Um, thanks. Was it Tom Cruise? Can't remember what the guy is. Anyway, Ms. Wilson, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to, to speak with us, to join with us, to give the word of the mission, to let people, to inspire people, and to move people. Is there any closing statements you would like to say to the people out there? Any shout-outs, any hellos, or, hey, you know, what's going on? It's, you, have, you, have, you have the floor. Yeah, so I just, you know, wanted to thank you for the opportunity to, to share my story. Uh, I'm I'm so grateful, and I just want to encourage anybody who believes in anything that moves them to move forward. Don't allow fear to hinder you. Just continue to believe in your dream. Put your feet to the ground and just watch everything fall into place around you. I feel like saying, well, thank you so much, (laughs) Ms. Wilson. You have a great day. You be safe. Thanks again. We're always available for part two. If you can squeeze us into your itinerary. So, you know, the mic's here, the space is here for your part two. If you want to get deep, whatever you want to share with us. And, again, we look forward to talking to you again. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome, and thank you. Take care. People of the world, side to cast the bingo live and direct. Can we give some love to our folks? Ms. Wilson, for sharing the time with us, people. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. People, let's take it on the road here. Let's take it on the road. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.